Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, early life conditioning, to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I discuss on the show. On today's Identify and Heal solo episode, I'm exploring the concept that it takes two to toxic. And by that, I mean, when we find ourselves again and again in toxic situations, we ourselves are exhibiting and existing within toxicity. So it's important to look at our toxic tendencies. And then I offer two ways that we can identify if we are in a space of love addiction and toxic connections. So take a listen and enjoy. Hey everybody, Whitney here with a Identify and Heal solo episode. And today I'm going to call my episode, It Takes Two to Toxic. I came up with that myself. I was just had this come up a few times in conversations recently, the idea that if we have been in a cycle of continuing, rotating, cycling through unhealthy, what we would call toxic situationships, relationships, then we are a part of the problem. If we are in a toxic relationship, it is because we are in a toxic state. We'll say that it takes two to toxic. I was just thinking about when I was describing to someone, yeah, like this relationship I was in was super toxic. And the more I was reflecting on it, I kept thinking like, oh, well, they did this and they were doing this. But I mean, I knew this all along. I knew that my behavior with them was not healthy, but I realized, you know, it was both of us. We were both toxic. I even read this quote on, or it was like someone's post on Instagram when I was in the middle of this relationship. And it said, it isn't love. You're just lonely. The sex is really good. You're both toxic. And that was when it first kind of hit me where I was like, oh damn, like I feel super called out. And it's so true. I mean, those all things were all true that I was lonely. I wanted companionship. The sex was amazing. I was being toxic. They were toxic. It was a big old toxic dance. I know toxic gets thrown around a lot, but to me, toxic just means something that is not good for you. It's not good for your system. It's not good for you mentally, physically, emotionally. It ain't doing you any favors, right? But it sure can feel very exciting, a big old thrill ride, right? A toxic thrill ride. We all know that draw, or at least a lot of us do. So it takes two to toxic. I also want to get into the idea of why are we drawn towards these toxic situations? What is the allure? What's going on with us? And there's two points that I wanted to make. One is that when we are finding ourselves again and again in a unfulfilling relationships, that don't feel healthy, that don't bring us to a state of peace, that don't feel like they can really 
you run the course, right? Go the distance. They're not going to be our long-term partnership. I mean, even though you can be stuck in an unhealthy situation for years and years and years, even in marriages, we all know marriages end that were completely unhealthy and abusive and all the things. If we find ourselves drawn to these unhealthy ones, what is going on? What is it that's drawing us to it? So the idea I want to offer is the difference, the shift we make when we, we begin to engage in healthy relationships is that we've made the decision that we want to be in a state, engage with things where we are actually being satiated rather than constantly chasing after and craving more. This ties into the idea of love addiction. How can love be an addiction? This is why. You're constantly chasing and craving more, more, more because you're not being satiated. Any toxic relationship is not nourishing you. It's like, you know, eating a bunch of crappy food with no nutrition in it. Yeah, you're taking a lot in. You're, you're something's going on, right? You're in relation with someone. You're spending time with them. You're intimate with them. You're taking things in, but they are not satiating your system. It is toxic. It's not good for you. So you're doing all this stuff, but it isn't satiating you. And the secret is that you don't actually want to be satiated. You're addicted to that chase, to the craving of more, more, more. I need more. And this is the bigger problem is that it's just like any other addiction. You think it's going to resolve something that cannot be resolved by anything that is not healthy or good or for, or aligned with you, right? Alcohol is never going to solve any of our problems. Maybe we feel like it does temporarily. If you can go grab a drink or two and suddenly you feel more at ease, but it doesn't actually make whatever you were worried about go away, right? The same with unhealthy relationships. You can keep going through it, but it's never going to ease what's causing this chase. So let me clarify what I mean by this. I know that for me, when I've been in what I would call toxic relationships, nothing was ever enough. This is where my toxicity came in. Remember I was saying it takes two to toxic. My toxic trait is that I, and here's another point someone made on a podcast I just did. If you are in a toxic relationship, it's because you're in a toxic relationship with yourself right? It's a bummer. No one wants to hear it. We're, and it doesn't mean fully, right? We all have our moments of clarity of wisdom, spiritual connection, but it means that for the most part, there's still this strong aspect of toxicity with yourself, which to me always comes back to conditionality, right? The part of you that's like, okay, I have to look perfect and look the best. And if I go out today, I got to get all the attention and then I can feel good about myself, but that will be the barometer rather than just going out with your day and being present and being mindful and really being fully immersed in the moment. It's about being tied to externals, right? Did this happen for me? Did this go well? Did this go wrong? Did I get what I wanted out of the situation, right? It's about having these really strong wants and needs, this craving for more. Because the problem with any externals, and you'll hear this from alcoholics, there's a phrase that says, one drink was too many and a thousand wasn't enough. You get to this point with drinking that it's just, you realize like, this is a bottomless hole. This is a bottomless bucket. There's not enough. I struggled for years with an eating disorder. Since by the time I was 14, I became a binge eater and I practiced in bulimia purging. And it was like, I, when I was in a binge, it was like a force took over me. I was like a freight train. I could not get enough. I was stuffing and stuffing and stuffing myself. 
And I know now that it was a lack of love for myself. I've heard this and I think I believe it's true that everything that we ever seek is just an effort to find love. Any addiction we have is where we are confusing that fixation with love. That's definitely how I felt with food. I didn't know how to find love feels so nebulous, right? You're like, uh, I, I can't just have it. I would need a loving partner to have that. I would need this or that. I can't give it to myself. So maybe this food will do the job. It felt soothing. It felt comforting. It felt something that I could control that was tangible. Whereas love just felt so elusive and giving it to myself absolutely didn't feel possible because I hated myself in a lot of ways. I hated who I was. I hated that I had to be me. And I didn't know how to release that. I didn't know how to become a loving, self-loving person. And I still struggle with that. And that's why I enter into toxic situations. But anyways, back to this analogy of when I was doing binge eating is I would also, you find yourself in these moments where you recognize that you just don't want to be alone with yourself. You don't want to have to face yourself. You don't want to have to do the work to shift from that toxic relationship with yourself to a truly loving, accepting, peaceful, calm relationship with yourself. Watch my video on the addiction to chaos. Calmness, peace can feel very uncomfortable, very, you know, unappealing to somebody who's much more at ease and familiar with that which is tumultuous and chaotic and dysfunctional. And we will almost, you know, jump out of our skin to get out of having to sit with ourselves. I remember there was times where I would go back and forth in my mind when I was, you know, trying so hard to break free of a binge purge cycle. And I would be sitting there and that the little seed of the idea would come and be like, I could go to the store right now and get all the food, binge food I wanted. I could come back and eat it. And I would sit and I'd sit and I'd try to let it pass. But sometimes I would just spring forth and I would just get like a bat out of hell, just race to that store. And it's because I wanted out. I, my mind was so such a madhouse and I was so tired of having to sit with it and with these uncomfortable feelings of self-hatred and all of this and trauma from my past. And I would just go. And it was it's because you get out of your mind. You, you feel like you can almost not be held accountable, right? It's like once you decide to charge down that toxic, dysfunctional, unhealthy path, you're on the highway to hell. You're like, here we go. All right, I'm going to do it. Same thing with relationships. We're choosing, we're making a choice to be like, okay, well, I was going to try to work on myself and be healthy, but here is this tempting thing that is sexy and alluring and there's chemistry and attraction. And so uh, here I go. You know, we speed off and we bail on ourselves. I have another episode on self-betrayal and self-abandonment. When we have begun this work on our spiritual path, we are constantly going to be challenged about this fork in the road of what are you going to choose now? You just got through a really difficult dating situation that was not healthy, not good. You got out of it. You've decided to focus on yourself. And then wouldn't you know, swoops in again, this tempting thing, this tempting offer, this person that says all the right things and showing a little bit of interest. Are you going to take it? Are you going to take the bait? If, I mean, of course, if it seems like a loving connection, that's one thing. But if you recognize, you recognize that they have some of the same colors, same flavors as all these past toxic people, maybe it's inconsistency maybe it's being a little bit distant or, you know, kind of withholding affection. Those are all indications that it would be a, one of those, you know, roller coaster rides, that intermittent reinforcement where somebody will give you what you want, but then take it away. 
and leave you begging for more and keep you in that cycle. So again, the universe will continuously give us forks in the road to say, what do you choose now? That's a really powerful question to recognize because truly that is the essence of life is just a series of decisions and choices. And the only question is, what do you choose now? Do you choose this or do you choose that? Do you choose to engage again with this toxic, tumultuous, exciting, chaotic, dysfunctional experience? Or do you choose to go a different way? Do you choose to actually satiate yourself? So back to my point here, being satiated rather than constantly craving more. The same way I expressed that I craved food when I was struggling with my binge eating purging cycle, the same way I craved any alcohol or pills I could get my hands on for many, many years. It was because I didn't want to do the work to actually satiate myself. I wanted a quick fix to soothe what felt so painful, both emotionally, mentally, physically. That craving shows up in relationships in the, as I mentioned, the intermittent reinforcement. It's that feeling where you always are left wanting more. I know in my situationships like that, whether it was, you know, their attraction to me, their attention for me, even when we were texting, if they would text me, my, my first impulse would be like, and what now? Like if they sent me one text, I'd be waiting for the second one. Like, when are they going to text me again? You know, like they get, they like your text, you see a little heart. And I would just be waiting there for the bubbles to show that they were going to, well, what now, what do you got for me now? It was a fix. I wanted more, more, more. Nothing was enough. They could send like five nice texts and I'd be waiting for more reinforcement, validation, give it to me a little addict, right? So we got to look at ourselves in those situations. Yes. The other person was doing things that were shady and maybe lying or maybe manipulating, whatever it was. These are many, many, it's not just one situation I was in. It was many in my life, but I was playing into it too, because I was saying like, yeah, give me the fried food. Give me the the French fries and stuff that I know isn't given to me. Feed it, feed it, feed it to me. I have a really healthy meal over here, but fuck that. I'm going to play into this. You can't blame that unhealthy food exists. You got to take accountability for eating it, for going for it. Again, those choices. What am I going to do this time? And that constant craving is exhausting. It's also demoralizing. Begging someone to give you enough attention so you can feel good about yourself reduces you right to that. Basically it's inner child work. It's that child that just feels like they don't know if they're lovable. They don't know if they matter to anybody. So they're begging someone to show or tell them that it's true. So how do we shift into actually being satiated? What does that mean? What does it look like? Well, it looks like love. Everything that will satiate you at its core is love. Things that nourish your body, that nourish your mind, that nourish your soul exercising your body, treating your body while being loving towards your body, being accepting towards your body, exercising your body, moving your body, feeding your mind with good thoughts. I did an episode once with a beautiful guest, Kinjel Shaw, and we talked about consumption is so much more than what we put in our mouths. It's what we take in at all levels, right? Things that we watch, that we read, that we look at online is all a form of consumption. You are consuming all of these different mediums that come into your body. When we're in that place of satiation, we're bringing things in that are good, that nourish us, that bring positive messages, positive feelings in our body, in our being, in our soul, in our emotional body. So just consider that, that when we make that choice to jump into that bottomless bucket, 
that we are actively choosing to get into our toxicity, to be in that space where you're constantly going to be pushing someone to give you more, more, more. I've like, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to push someone to tell me that I was the best at this or the, the best, what, you know what I'm talking about? Like the best looking, the best sex, the best, this, that, and everything, push them, push them. Well, did you like her thing more than this? Did you tell me about your exes? That's some toxic shit, right? Like who does that? Me, I did that. And it's because I was desperate for that. I was craving that validation. It, like somebody telling me that I'm the best they ever had is like fucking heroin to me, right? It's like, oh God, but how long does it last? Like five seconds until you're like, wait a minute. Well, what about this? Or like, well, am I still? That's the hard thing is that when you're not being satiated, we're not actually internalizing it. It literally runs through you just like a bottomless bucket. And then the next day you're needing to hear it again. The next minute, the next hour, you need more and more and more. So eventually we get tired of it. And that's when we want to break free from this toxicity, but we're not done till we're done. I know many of you like me have probably gone through a lot of rounds of this. The second point I want to offer the big change that happens when we move out of toxicity, when we decide not to choose that toxic temptation, that toxic route is that we're deciding to choose happiness over the yearning for it. Yeah. I call this being the seeker. There can be almost a addiction to constantly seeking something because what it does is it takes away the accountability to admit right here, right now, this moment is perfect. This moment is all I've ever needed, could ever need in all infinity. Very few of us are able to sit with that. We have lots of conditions, right? We're like, yeah, but I have to find the perfect partner and then I have to find the perfect house and then I have to find the perfect job and then I have to find what true peace means and what true enlightenment means. I'm seeking, seeking, seeking. And when we're seeking, I mean, seeking is a powerful thing. I'm not discounting it. I'm seeking right now. You can seek, but also be present, right? You can accept and appreciate what is and then also be exploring what could be next. But when you're too, when you're only in the seeking mode, you're literally discounting and discrediting and rejecting your moment right now. How does, how does this lead to toxic relationships? Well, because you don't actually want to be happy. <laughs> That's the truth of it. You don't want to be happy. We almost, it's, it's all, a lot of it becomes subconscious, but subconsciously, when we meet someone that has the same qualities of everyone else who's ever screwed us over, we're like, perfect. I can just grind my gears and run in circles with this person. We'll do the same shit we always do, which is, you know, yell and scream and have like fleeting moments of happiness and bliss together. But then it comes crashing down and then we'll be left realizing and thinking, oh, I, I just need to find, I, we just need to keep pushing forward and seeking and trying to, you know, find and keep that yearning for it. Like that's a key word. Yearning for something can almost, <laughs> I bring everything back to addiction, but I think anything can be an addiction. The state of yearning, it's almost like a bit of it, like a victim mentality type thing where you're like, Oh, one day I'll be happy. I, I just yearned for love. And so now I'm, woe is me. I can't be happy because I'm in the state of yearning for something that I don't have that, which I have not good enough, not going to cut it. So I'll keep yearning. Yearning is different than desiring. Desiring is a powerful thing. Desiring is what brings everything that's ever been created or brought into form 
or fruition in this world. And um, desire is literally the engine of creation. It's how the world was created was through desire. They say that source had a desire to experience itself fully. And so bam, the big bang happened and everything was in existence all at once. Okay. So desire is big, but desire is different from yearning because yearning is stating, I do not have this. Everything that you could ever have, you have now. Just like the big bang, your whole life and experience that you will ever experience is just a outgrowth of what is within you now. When we recognize that we have to surrender to the fact that who we are in this moment, if we cannot have full acceptance, embrace, and love of it, then we will never have full embrace acceptance of that, which we will one day have. We have to recognize that anything we'll ever have experience or do is right here with us right now. Almost like honoring a, an infant or a, or a seed when you plant it, you have to nourish it. You have to recognize that it is there. And just because it's not a big, you know, 200 foot redwood right now, you have to love it. You can't just keep yearning for that full growth and that full physical presentation. You have to say, okay, I can accept this. When we're in yearning, we're saying, I'm, this is boring. I don't have what I want. I'm just going to stay. And then they say that the, that the action of wanting, the state of wanting actually pushes things away because it's saying, I want to want. Well, you can want all day long. You're not going to have. I've read that stating, if you want to bring something to your life, make the statement that you already have it. I am grateful for my abundance. I am grateful for my success. I am is the most powerful statement you will ever make. That is literally the key that turns the engine for everything that comes into being in life. And I just saw this big old blue flash when I said that. So that message is really strong for somebody out there who's meant to hear that. Rather than asking or stating, I want this, State, I am grateful that I have this. I am abundant. I am wealthy. I am successful. Because the reality is that that future, you already exist. So be grateful for it. Thank yourself for it. The more we just say, I want this. I want this relationship. Then you stay in that energy of just wanting. Just yearning, right? Okay, so to bring it back a little. It takes two to toxic. Check yourself, right? There's There you go. That's the phrase I'm looking for. That's what this is saying. Check yourself. Like Ice Cube said, it was like, yep, yeah, Ice Cube. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Before you enter into that next enticing, juicy connection that feels like, ooh, this could be fun. You know, I know that my favorite thing in the world was meeting someone new and giving them my number and seeing when they would text me and then, you know, having someone to text back and forth on a Friday night. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was when I was tying a lot of my worth and my excitement on that, right? Whether or not they would actually call me, whether they would ask me on a date. That's still something that happens in healthy connections, but it's not as, there's not as much investment in terms of needing something from it. Everyone I've talked to who eventually met a healthy person, it was like, yeah, it just happened really organically. And sometimes we had to discuss communication frequencies and preferences and all that, but it wasn't this game of like, will he, won't he, like, what are we and how often will he call me or when will they want to see me as, as good as it can feel to get that hit, you know, is it worth it? What do you choose now? What do you choose now? Will you choose walking down what you can see? You can identify it by signs, but you can also start to feel it. Think about how you feel with or how you felt in unhealthy dynamics or connections. I know for me, I never felt at ease. 
it was this constant reaching. I was always, as I said, reaching for more and more and more confirmation. Do you actually want me? Are you actually attracted to me? Are you actually invested in this? Do you actually mean what you say? I, nothing was sticking because it wasn't real. And I wasn't being real either. Right. At times I felt like I had strong feelings for these people, but we were playing the same damn game. Right. Conditionality. I would be loving and offering, you know, words of affirmation and all that to them, but not if they did something that I didn't like, rather than trying to talk to them about it, I would just flip my switch and take it back or shut down. Those are two very toxic traits to take something away to withhold not healthy. And this is coming from the mouth of a therapist. All right. I'm copping up. I'm admitting that I've done this stuff because it's self-preservation. It's self-defense. It's survival. It feels like you feel like you need to protect yourself. You need to put people through these experiences because you feel like they might hurt you and you want the upper hand. I'm learning to release that, that I don't want to play. I don't want to be in this toxic dance. So I will not participate. If I notice the toxicity, I will remove myself again, make that choice to say, nope, and get back and go down the other path of self-respect of not settling for less of not allowing people to try to manipulate or control you any of those things. So yeah, look out for your own toxic traits. Be mind, be honest with yourself. Are you withholding things from your partner to try and almost punish them because you feel like they wronged you or they didn't do the right thing? That's another thing for me. If people didn't do exactly what I thought they should do or say what I thought they should say, I would harbor anger. I'd get defensive. I would, they call it um, stonewalling. The, is it the seven horses of the apocalypse? Look that up. I, I can't recall who it is. It's the two that do, it's, I think it's Gottman, the Gottman, I think of their husband and wife team who, uh, did a lot of work, a lot of um, couples counseling and seminars. They're really big. They're fabulous. But seven horses of the apocalypse, one of them is stonewalling, where rather than expressing how you feel, your defense is to punish them by just locking them out, by being making yourself unaccessible to them. Not healthy, toxic. Be mindful of that because then you'll realize, am I going to choose to engage in a situation where this comes up? If you start having those inclinations, most likely it's a toxic situation. From what I've heard, again, people who find themselves with their soulmate or in a healthy relationship, that, you know, sort of reflex might come up, but they are able to communicate with their partner because they feel safe enough. There's the key word in toxic relationships. You're never going to truly feel safe. You're always going to be on edge. Like I described when I checked in with how I felt, I felt clenched. I felt closed off. I felt constricted. I felt like I was constantly grasping for something when something feels safe. Yes. Sometimes you might feel that reflex of, does that mean that they're not that interested? Does that mean that they don't mean what they say? But if you feel safe enough, you'll be willing to communicate and ask rather than react, right? Ask rather than react. What did you mean by that? That thing you said, I'm kind of having a response to it. It's kind of bringing some stuff up. Could we talk about it? The right person will hear you out. They'll be willing to talk. They won't be reactive to you sharing that because then you're going to go get pulled into that toxic dance. Okay. So to wrap it up, it takes two to toxic. Check yourself before you wreck yourself in another toxic situation. What are your toxic traits? 
Where were you toxic in your last unhealthy relationship? What can you do to begin to satiate yourself, to begin to actually take in things for your mind, body, emotional body, soul that make you feel healthy, safe, loving, peaceful, and then begin choosing happiness over the yearning for it. Choose happiness right now. I know that's cliche and it can feel like bullshit and obnoxious, but if you really think about it, you know, me right here, it's a Friday afternoon. I'm in this beautiful little space. And after this, I get to call it a day and I get to lie out on the couch and just maybe read or decide what I want to do from here. What a beautiful thing, right? No, I don't have an excited, per exciting person who might or might not text me tonight. And maybe I'll just text them to see if they'll, you know, correspond and all that juiciness, but that's okay. I don't want that anymore. Cause again, it's like fast food. Yeah. It's good in the moment, but afterwards it just drops you right back down where you started because you're talking with someone who's not actually really that interested in you. I just did an episode about being invisible to majority of people. There are only so many people and they are what I would call soul connections that actually see you for who you are. Wait for that. Stop messing around with people who don't really see you, but will play with you, right? Who will get into this dance of toxicity. Let me see what I can get from you. Let me see what you can get from me. Let's play this abusive, exhausting, but enticing and exciting dance. It's up to you to make the choice. Do you want to take another ride on the roller coaster? Or do you want to go walk down to the beach and be in a place of more stillness and calmness. Walk along the shore. Choose happiness. Recognize when you're yearning, right? When you're in that place of, okay, well, yeah, like today was a good day, but I'm really going to be happy when I'm with my partner, when I have that job, when this changes. The moment is now. There's always things to be grateful for. There is always beauty and perfection in this moment. All that ever will be is already with you. So feel it now and make the statement. I am happy. I am in a loving, healthy, beautiful partnership with my soulmate. I am abundant and successful. Make those statements and feel it in your body and honor yourself at all levels now, not when you get the relationship or the job or the home or anything else. Do it now so that you can be satiated so that you can be in a constant state of consuming and putting into yourself things that are for your highest good and that you can be in the moment of now and choose happiness rather than the chasing, right? The chase is fun, but it wears you down. It's exhausting. Eventually all of us say, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with the chase. I'm going to slow down and see what happens when I actually just sit with myself. Discover what's there. All right, everybody. I hope this was helpful. Have a beautiful day. Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day 
And don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.